And welcome to week number two of our series, focusing in on one word, a word that is vital and important for us individually, but, but also for God's people as we live for our God. Forgiveness. I'm not going to ask you but for a show of hands, but how many of you struggle to forgive? I had an interesting conversation this last week. We were out uh, with some friends on Friday and, and started talking to someone about church, and, and they asked this question, where do you go to church? They saw my tattoo, and I told them I was a pastor, and I mentioned St. Peter in the core, and, and she had said she'd heard of it and was thinking about maybe coming sometime. She was church shopping, and, and I told her, we're, we're doing a series right now on forgiveness, and you know what her first response was right out of her lips right away? Well, that, that sounds like a great series, but I don't have any problems forgiving. It's not something I really wrestle with. Then I told her all the different weeks and what we're going to focus on, and she did admit that forgiving herself is, is, is probably something she wrestles with, but forgiving people when they wrong her is not something that, that is difficult. And I left that conversation thinking to myself, how is that possible? Because <laughs> I really struggle with it. I mean, I know there are a lot of things that, that people do that, that are small stones that probably hit me but don't affect me as much, but I know that there are certain times in my life when I have really, really struggled with forgiveness. Some of those have been professional, uh, and, and some of you who, who have been here long enough and and maybe served on a church council or, 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 or two or, or know me really well, uh, know the stories, and, and you could probably shake your head a couple times and go, yep, there were moments when, when Tim did not handle that really well. And then I think about the last several months. As I was writing this sermon, I thought back and, and said, how far back do I have to go to, to really think about a time when I struggled with forgiveness? And it, it didn't take me long to think of it. And the reality is, and I believe it's true for all of us, that at some point or another, in some circumstance or a different one, there is an event in our life, a stone that hits us, a sin that's committed against us, and we struggle with it. Now, we get to that fork in the road, and if you weren't here last week, remember the three possible paths that people can choose when it comes to being sinned against. You can choose the path of vengeance. You pick the stone back up that hits you and you throw it back. You get revenge. Maybe it's the path of, of picking the stone up and holding on to it for you. you. You don't get revenge, but you can't let it go. And then there's the path that God wants us to take, the one that leaves the stone alone, that, that leaves it to God. And, and that's really hard for me. I'm not a vengeance guy because you know what if pastors get revenge, like if they outwardly go after people, they lose their jobs. Like, let's just be honest. Like, that's one of those sins that if, that if I try and get you back for hurting me and go after you really hard and people see it, I'm probably done. So I don't take that path many times, but I love the, the hold on to the stone path. Like when I get hurt, I, I can't forget about it. I'm a ruminator. I love to think about what you've done. At night, I don't sleep well when I've been hurt and hit with a stone because I think about everything I want to say, uh, everything I want to tell you, 
everything that was wrong, everything that isn't true, and I want you to, to fix it. And, and I can do that day after day after day and, and harbor bitterness and, and lack emotional resilience. I'm just being honest. I, I struggle with this at times. And I think almost every single one of us does, including maybe that person I talked to this last week. Because here's the truth that I believe about forgiveness. If you're filling in blanks today, it's our first blank. Forgiveness isn't easy. Now, you could come up with a laundry list of reasons why I would tell you that forgiveness isn't easy, but I would guess that it's pretty easy to, to list them off. Forgiveness isn't easy because a lot of sins that are committed against us are personal, like from the people closest to us, the colleagues at work, the spouse that we're married to, the kids that we love, the siblings that we have. It's personal. And it hurts and it wounds. Forgiveness isn't easy because we take things personally. I mean, when someone calls you out or attacks your character, it's personal. And, it, and you take it personally. Forgiveness isn't easy because sometimes the, the stone that is thrown is, stone, is thrown over and over again, day after day, by, by the same person, and it, it, its re- repetition makes it difficult to offer, to give. Forgiveness isn't easy because there are times and there are moments and and there are wounds where, where when we get hit, we didn't see it coming. And, and you know we should, right? We live in a sinful world. We, we are surrounded by sinful people. And we should expect that we're going to get sinned against. But usually when we get sinned against, our first reaction is, where in all the world did that come from? Why would you say that? How could you do that? And we're blindsided, which makes it difficult. Now, you could keep going down the list and you could add to it, but, but I think I've made my point. Forgiveness isn't easy. Peter knew that as well. And in fact, the words we're going to focus in on today of our Savior Jesus flow out of a section in Scripture where, where Jesus himself had just talked about sin happening. Sin is real. People will throw stones. People will do things that are wrong and go against God. And, And when people sin, God doesn't want you to sweep it under the rug. God doesn't want you to ignore it. God wants you to address it. God wants it to be discussed. God God said in the words right before this section, if someone sins against you, if they hit you with a stone, go and talk to them about it. Tell them about it so that you can win them over, so that they can know what they did and and, and it gets gets left alone, right? And if they don't listen to you, if they... They, they, they don't want to deal with it or address it. The godly thing to do is bring someone else who loves and cares and address it and talk about it. And, and Jesus lays out the steps and, and talks about the importance of it and, and the need for it. And, and Peter got it. Peter understood uh, that, that God is a God who, who wants there to be a message of forgiveness. He wants sin to be addressed and forgiveness to be offered. But Peter, to take that message from his head, that, that God is a God who forgives, wants me to forgive, was struggling with the fuel to forgive because he knew it wasn't easy because he'd probably been hurt a time or two and sometimes by the same person over and over and over again, which is why he asked this question in Matthew chapter 18. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? 
You know, and the human brain in hearing that says there's some logic to it, right? Peter understood that God says forgive, but God, Peter said, at a certain point there comes a limit, right? There comes a point where I don't have to do it anymore. Like if the person hits me with the stone over and over and over again, eventually I get to say no, because you would say that's okay. And a part of our human heart doesn't struggle with that. (laughs) Hurt me once, shame on you, but hurt me twice, shame on me. Like if someone hurts you a second time, the, the world in which we live would say, you don't have to forgive. <laughs> and so Peter goes the extra mile. He doesn't just times it by two. He, he doesn't just tack on an, a bonus one and, and get to five. He actually starts counting on a second hand. And you know, anytime you have to start counting on your second hand, that means the number's getting really high. Um, but you run out of fingers at 10. So Peter says, seven? Enough is, is seven, right? It has to be. Going beyond seven, Jesus, is just too much. There's got to be a limit. And Jesus understood that for Peter, for every human being who is sinful and sinned against, forgiveness isn't easy, which is why he told this parable. And Jesus in this parable is going to give us two truths today about the fuel behind forgiveness, what fuels it, why forgive from Jesus' own lips. Last week, we looked at what is forgiveness today why forgiveness is essential and vital from God's perspective, why he calls us to forgive, is found in this parable. Two answers, two reminders, two things I want you to apply to your life of faith. The first part uh, is in verses 22 to 27. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, Jesus makes the extreme example. He's not saying, Peter, you get to tally it up to 77. Some have argued Jesus said 70 times seven. His, His point is this. There's not a number to it. There's not a limit to it. And here's the the why that's the case. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. In In other words, Jesus is telling a parable, an earthly story with a spiritual truth, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, At the end of the day, the kingdom of heaven is like a king, God himself, the the ruler of all, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. At at a certain point, we're going to all have to stand before God uh, and, and settle up our accounts. And here's that settling taking place. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. There's some truths in that parable that will help you understand the point. When you hear the the debt that this person had, uh, all those bags of gold, the 10,000 bags of gold or the 10,000 bags uh, of talents, in today's world, they would say, what does that equal? What was the amount? Uh, Somewhere between 12 to $20 million of debt. I multiplied 40 years and I tried to figure out what's my average salary uh, for serving as a pastor in, in, in our church body. And, and you know how close I get to $12 million being earned over the course of my lifetime? Not. 
not. And, and, and I get taken care of very well. You guys are very generous. I, I don't lack for a thing, but I can't even come close to that. Now, this person's debt was so insurmountable, so big, there was nothing he could do to pay it off. There, there was no payment plan that he was ever going to be able to erase all of it. There, there was no way in which he could do anything that would undo what he owed to the king. And that's the point, Peter. When you want to know about forgiveness and, and how many times, you need to see the whole picture. Like when you get sinned against, and, and here's one of the biggest, most difficult things about getting sinned against is, you make it all about you, the person who sinned, and the action. And you forget the big picture. You forget the timeline of your life picture. You forget the timeline of of human history's picture. And you forget a moment in time that, that has to be in the picture. Peter, you need to understand that, that when it comes to God, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to a debt, your debt is it, something you couldn't pay. Your debt, Peter, the, the sins that you've committed, Peter, are so much more than the, the person who sinned against you one time or, or two times or, or seven times. I, I, I want you to think about this for, for just a second and, and apply it to your own life. Like, think about the different relationships you have. And, and if I had a bucket up here for all of them, you could, you could put a stone into the bucket for your spouse, maybe for your kids, maybe for your colleagues, maybe for our church family, maybe for our community, maybe for your neighbors. And maybe if you thought about stones going in those different buckets, you would see the, the ways in which you sinned against different people and, and the volume against them. Like the bucket of, of stones that would be in the, the bucket with my wife's name on it would be really big. We've lived under the same roof for 25 years almost. We've known each other for over 29 years. I, I, I sinned against my wife more often than anybody else. Because I don't live as I should. I, I'm selfish at times. You can name the list of sins, but, but that bucket is overflowing. And, and I've done that to my kids, and I, I've probably done it at work. And, and the buckets might be small, but you know what? At the end of the day, you need to remember about all those buckets. They end up going into one bucket. King David said after he had committed adultery, after he had tried to cover it up, after he made Joab an accomplice... Uh, and, and brought about the murder of, of one of his best soldiers, Uriah, and then took Bathsheba in to make himself look like a good dude. When he wrote Psalm 51 about that sin, you know what he said about his sins? He didn't list off uh, that he sinned against Bathsheba, against Joab, against Uriah, against the nation. He, he said, against you, you only, God, have I sinned. It all goes in the bucket, labeled God. And that's the big picture, Peter, that you need to see. You're so worried about that one person's sin, and some sins are huge and, and life-altering sins, but, but God wants you to see the, the reality of your sin. That not a single one of us is worthy of mercy. We have nothing we can offer to pay the price to God. There's nothing good enough in us, no amount of things we could do to do it. We, we've sinned. And Peter, you need to remember that forgiveness is not about you. Forgiveness begins with God. 
And it flows from God. And it is centered on God. Fill that in if you're, you're following along in your notes. Forgiveness begins with God. You're consumed by the sin. You, all you see is the person, but you're not seeing the whole picture and yourself in the picture. You're not seeing the cross of Jesus in the picture. Your debt is so great, but, but my grace and love for you is greater. I have shown mercy to you. And Pastor Tim, God has shown mercy to you. When you get consumed by that, that stone that, that you got hit, you're forgetting all the times that you chuck stones. That, that you maybe unintentionally or intentionally hurt someone else. And you need forgiveness, just like all people need to be forgiven. It's why Jesus Christ came to earth. You need to see the cross in the picture. You need to see your sins in the picture. You need to see that mercy is essential for the picture to be painted. Because if you don't celebrate that forgiveness begins with God, you'll never be able to do the what of forgiveness of leaving that stone alone. And then Jesus went on to to make sure we understood the the big picture. Because the human heart is still going to be driven back to the, but what about that? Because we we need to be honest. When someone hurts you, there's a debt that's outstanding. There's a debt that needs to be paid. I get it, Pastor Tim. The the bucket is full. I've sinned a lot. But forgiveness beginning with God also then needs to remember what God wants to follow. The why behind forgiveness is the fact that we have been forgiven. Now look at how Jesus continues in the parable. Because we know the truth of if the Lord kept a record of sins, none of us could stand. It's all him. It's all his record book. It's only possible through Jesus Christ erasing our sins that we can be forgiven. Here's how Jesus continues. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Perspective, about three months' wages. Now, you and I know, maybe you've had credit card debt before, maybe you've had college debt, and uh, you know that it takes some work to pay it off, but it's doable, right? Like If you work really hard, uh, three months uh, of salary of debt, if you budget, if you take Financial Peace uh, uh, University, you do some good planning, maybe you follow the envelope system, 12 months, 18 months, you can overcome it. You can do it. Like, this is doable. This isn't that big a deal. Now, that's Jesus' point. He grabbed the servant and choked him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. And he probably could have. But he refused and said he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. In other words, he made it impossible for him to pay it off. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called that servant in. He said, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. In, in other words, we go to God and, and, and we get the picture and we see him in the picture and our sins in the picture. We, we beg for mercy because we are without help. We can't get there on our own. There's nothing we could do to pay it off. But we don't show mercy to others. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? That debt com- compared to yours was minimal. Minimal. And yet your heart was unforgiving. In anger, his master handed over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. 
This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Like when the world tempts you and tells you it's okay not to forgive, when, when you're convinced that that hurt me once, you know, shame on you, but hurt me twice, shame on me. Like if I let you keep going, I don't have to forgive. I, I, I buy into that lie. You know what I'm drinking? Satan's poison. You know why Satan wants you to drink that poison of vengeance, of rumination, of holding onto the stone or chucking it back? Because he hates forgiveness. Satan hates the cross of Jesus that has paid the price for every sin. Satan doesn't want your heart to be one that is forgiving, is godly. That it says, I'll remember it no more. I won't keep a record of wrongs. I know there are consequences to sin. We're going to talk about in the next few weeks. The, the Bible's full of those consequences. There are times when, when missionary teams split up because trust was broken. There, there are times when King David or, or, or Joseph and his brothers, who we're going to talk about next week, there were consequences to their actions. Their real relationships are strained, sometimes broken, sometimes never restored. I get all that, but when it comes to forgiveness, it begins with God. It's God's act. When, when someone says, I'm sorry for what I've done, God says a, a person who's forgiven forgives. See, Satan would rather have you play God, be the judge, make people be overwhelmed with guilt, bring it up, talk about it, hold on to it, ruminate over it, because he doesn't want people to hear they're forgiven. He doesn't want you to, to celebrate that you're forgiven, because he'd rather see you treated by, like, like that by God at the end of time. Here's what you need to remember, Jesus would say. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. Forgiveness requires the proper perspective, spiritual perspective. My soul is in need of what God offers perspective. My eyes need to get off of the stones and off of the person and onto the cross of Jesus Christ where I had all of my sins paid for in full. When I see my Savior Jesus in agony, suffering the very pain of hell, he was doing it for me. And when I hear him and I can visualize him saying, it is finished, it is paid for, I have the whole picture that I've been forgiven, that the Lord of the universe came to earth to forgive all, and thus the forgiven forgive. You see, if you, O oh Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. So here are the two truths. Forgiveness is wise, so to speak. The fuel behind them. Uh, how can I have a heart that forgives? What do I need to keep in mind when, when, when God has called me to this? Well, well, forgiveness, why, number one, is this. Jesus teaches us in that first part of the parable. He says this. Remember this. The fuel behind forgiveness, why? You, you, 
your heart should be overwhelmed and, and forgive. Why? What is the picture I need to have? What do I need to see in the picture that God is painting for me about, about the fuel behind it? First one is this, that God let your 2.86 million stones alone. Those of you who are math experts are wondering, how did he come up with that number? Mr. Nimmin, check my math. He's our 7th and 8th grade math teacher. 365 days a year. Average life expectancy in the United States of America is 78 and a half years. I calculated and figured that uh, the average person is to get seven hours of sleep, so we're awake about 17 hours. If you send one time every 10 minutes uh, over the course of the day, uh, that would get to about 100 times a day. So if you times that number by 100, 365 times 78.5 total years uh, times 100 sins a day, you would get to the number of 2.86 million. Now, some of you are going, that sounds like a lot. I don't think I sin 100 times a day. Well, trust me, you probably do. Think of all the things that you do that God says don't. Think about all the times you've gossiped about a friend per day. Like even the slightest little story about you would never believe what so-and-so did. And you slandered their reputation. Think about all the thoughts you had about your coworkers, your spouse, your kids that you didn't express verbally when they frustrated you, when they didn't follow through like you thought they should, when you got angry. Like I probably got close to 50 already on my daily chart. Add to that the things you did. Like the, the covetous thoughts that you had, the lustful eyes that looked at someone even just for a second and and the thoughts were inappropriate. I mean, from coveting to lusting to gossiping, you know, you can easily get to 100, and that doesn't even cover the things we didn't do that God says to do. I mean, when we neglect helping the poor, when we hold on to our resources and don't use it to help others who are in need, I mean, the list could go on and on. I think 100 is a, a low number, at least it is for me. And, and I like to think of myself as a pretty good person. But when I see that number, I'm overwhelmed with God's grace. Why forgive? Because I have so much that has been forgiven. Like 2.86 million. Like that one stone I just get hit with. Like it's so full. Like if I added two or three more, it might break anyway and spill all over the place. God has forgiven all that bucket compared to the stone I got hit with. That's how amazing my God's love is for me. Why forgive? Because I have been forgiven. Every stone in the blood of Jesus. And then remember why number two, based on these two passages. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone else who sins against us. You know those famous words of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as God has forgiven you. Why forgive? Because you have been forgiven. Why number two? I said it before, but remember this phrase. When you get hurt, when you get hit with the stone, when when you get sinned against, remember that you're forgiven and that the forgiven forgive. Forgiven, forgive. That's why Jesus included, I believe, in the prayer he taught us to pray. Pray this, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's not making a deal with God. It's a spiritual reminder and truth that God wants us to have before us every day. 
Lord, help me forgive others as you have forgiven me unconditionally, completely, all paid, gone. You left the stone alone. Lord, give me a spirit today to forgive as you have forgiven me an unpayable debt. That person who wronged me might never be able to pay it off. The hurt might be so real that this side of heaven, the consequences might be ever-present, but, but eternally they're gone. Forgiveness begins with you. Forgiveness is all about you and the cross. Forgiveness is yours. And you long for me to express it. Lord, give me a heart that forgives. As you forgive, when you pray that later today, and you leave later today, and you're thinking about that person who, who's hurt you earlier this week or two months ago, pray this. Lord, give me a heart that forgives. Because I'm overwhelmed with your great forgiveness for me. And maybe then remember this song that we're about to sing. And there's a famous quote that, that maybe some of you have heard, and, and the song has the, the phrase in it. Remember this why forgive my sin? It's great. But God's grace is greater. God's amazing grace has forgiven all of your sins. Why forgive? Because you know your sin is great. But his mercy, and showing that mercy is so much more. Would you stand, join me, and sing in our song as we say amen to our sermon today. Let the band lead us and remind us in the amazing reminder of God's great grace. Please join in singing.